reading from the 13th chapter of the Gospel according to Mark, beginning with the 24th verse. Jesus is speaking. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that He is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The word of God for us, the people of God. Praise Thanks be to God. God. You may be seated. In a rather strange occurrence for the very first time ever, I have cut the gospel reading short for no particular reason other than that my brain sometimes doesn't work. Here's the rest of it. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come. In the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn. Or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The very first words in the Holy Bible say this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the what? Earth. The earth was without form and void. And the darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. But before there was light, did you notice there was darkness? The Gospel of John says about Jesus, In Him was life, and the light was the light of all people. John says the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. But we know that darkness did put Jesus to death, right? We who are gathered here are clearly all still believers that there was a historic Jesus that was historically put to death sometime around 33 AD. But God raised the light of the world to life. God raised him from the dead, raised him out of the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome him. God raised him. But defeated as they are, the powers of sin and death are still at work in our world. An absence 
of relationship with God still haunts all of humanity and that absence causes us to seek good in all sorts of bad things. Because seeking goodness in God would require that we put ourselves second. No? Am I right? Seeking goodness in God would require that we not do whatever we wish. So we live in an odd time of tension. An odd tension. When people can be busy celebrating the Christ Mass, but care nothing about Christ. And you'll see some Facebook memes soon where people will be saying, keep Christ in Christmas, right? Because if you get a little handwritten note from me and I'm writing fast, I'm, I'm going to write Xmas because the X is the first letter in the name of Christ, in the, name of, in the word Christ. It's the first letter. It's okay. The bigger problem is that people aren't keeping the Mass in Christ Mass. The worship. Our celebration has become all about us in modern America. Where's my Christmas list? Right? And who in the world are these people that are giving each other $120,000 Mercedes for Christmas? Big bow on top of it. I'm supposed to feel some peer pressure, I think. Samantha, you ain't getting one. (laughs) Keep the Mass in the Christ Mass. The first words we hear from Mark concerning Jesus' mission are these. Listen. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent. Uh Uh-oh. Wait a minute. I thought this Jesus was all about us being like we are. You mean He calling me to repent? Yes. To change, to turn away from all our self-love and self-loathing, from all our obsession with ourselves and turn to Him. And that's what this season of Advent is really for, dear ones. To help us kneel in adoration at the feeding trough and at the cross. And to kneel in grateful expectation at the coming of His kingdom when He returns. So we look forward to the day when the Son of Man will come in clouds with great power and glory. And some people say, no, preacher, I don't look forward to that because it means all of this is going to come to an end. And one great theologian said that the church isn't excited about Advent because we're too in love with the world. I hope that's not true for us, church. I hope that we think about the coming of Christ and it causes us joy. I hope that we think about the coming of Jesus and His kingdom and we don't lament at all the systems of this world passing away and being replaced with the hope, love, joy, and peace of Christ's kingdom. We're asked to ponder the coming of our Lord, to ask ourselves if we want it, and then to stay awake. So the question we have to ask during this season of Advent, do we want Christ as King? We could settle for just a baby in a manger, couldn't we? All cuddly and cute and a reason to give each other gifts. We could settle for the bright part of the story. But the rest of it is just as important. Do we want Christ as King? 
Do we want grown-up Jesus? Do we want Jesus returning on a white horse with King of Kings and Lord of Lords written on His thigh? Do we want that Jesus? Do we want the warrior King who comes to overthrow sin and death? It's a good question. Because we continue to live in this tension between darkness and light. We continue to live in the midst of the choice that Moses laid before the people a long time ago when he said, I've given you life and death. Choose life. So Jesus tells us to keep awake. Why? Because this world isn't quite yet being busy destroying one another in selfish pursuits of power and death. But the more we see that, the more that we know He is coming. So He tells us to stay awake so that when He returns, we will be found faithful. We'll be prepared to live as His slaves for all eternity and to love Him, to love Him in word and deed now. And as we do so, we can experience glimpses of His coming kingdom. When we see people being cared for, when we see people being healed, when we see people being nurtured, when we see people becoming disciples of Jesus, becoming to faith for the very first time, when we see baptisms, when we see people coming to the table of our Lord in faith, all of these things are just as sure a sign of the coming of Christ as the fig tree putting out leaves is a sign of summer. As we see people's lives being affected by this gospel that we preach, that we sing, that we tell, that we live, these things are signs to us. Our common experience of the grace of God are signs to us that the one who gives hope, love, joy, and peace is on the way. We have not been abandoned. But there will be scoffers, Peter reminds us. When's the last time you saw a future about a movie about the future of humanity that was not dark and gloomy? You haven't seen one. I don't know of one at all, do you? But what is our story? The story we have to tell is of a kingdom of light and love. Today we celebrate that Christ is our hope. That because of Christ we can persevere through the darkness that we live in now. We celebrate the truth that though we still see the darkness of sin and death in the world, the light, Jesus has defeated them and the light is coming. And I don't know if Jesus is meaning to be literal here. There's all kinds of words that have been written about what all of this stars falling from heaven and all of this stuff means. But ultimately what it means is that there will be darkness before the coming of light, just there was there was at the beginning of the creation. There will be darkness before the kingdom of God comes in its fullness. But just as we know that God transformed the darkness of nothingness into all of creation, God can transform the darkness of this world into the kingdom of our Christ. God still has the power of creation. So when we see these things, it's a reminder to us that new creation is coming. 
Because new creation began when Jesus was raised from the dead. There will be light. Jesus will come with great power and glory. Coming to judge the quick and the dead. The next verse that Jesus didn't quote from Isaiah says this, I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will put an end. Do you hear that word, church? An end to the pride of the arrogant and lay low the insolence of tyrants. As people like to say, things are about to change. On a Sunday morning in 2014, that's nine years ago if you quit with math, I was getting ready to preach on this text. I was getting ready to come to church in my office at the parsonage, putting my shoes on, had the TV on, and there was suddenly something on the news about a wonderful light show that was happening at the Botanical Gardens in Atlanta. It was this same Sunday, first Sunday in Advent, when everybody's thinking about what holiday? Christmas. Remember Christ, Mass, coming together for, to worship Christ, who was born? Christ, Mass, remember that? That's the season. Now, we stole the tradition of putting up lights from pagans, to be fair. Y'all know that, right? We stole it because we saw in it the promise that Jesus is light of the world. And it's okay, we can still steal things and use them. But can you think of anyone who's still practicing that to remember pagan deities? Anybody in the world? I don't see that. As far as I can tell, most people equate putting up lights on their house with what holiday? Which is the Christ what? Which is the Christ worship, a season of worshiping the Christ who was born. Y'all see where I'm going with this? Well, not so much at the Botanical Gardens in Atlanta. As I was waiting for, you know, some possibility that spokesperson might say, we remember the Christian tradition of the birth of Jesus. At least give us that much, you know? But no, as I was listening, they were talking about all the wonderful displays they had, all the wonderful lights that they were using to feed the eye and charm the heart. And they didn't mention a single instance of any sort of reference to the birth of Jesus. But get this. She was bragging because they had a wonderful display of an ice earth goddess. Because everyone knows that isn't real. Rather than make some notion to the reason that people put lights up at all, they wrap this sculpture of an earth goddess in lights and that's what they were proud of. Because it has no religious significance at all. It was a way of denying the darkness of sin and a way of rejecting Christ as the Word become flesh, God incarnate. Rejecting the one who is the light of the world. You might think it's silly for me to see a slight in that oversight, and that's okay. But I don't think it was an oversight. 
I think it's an effort to ship the, pra- the practice of Christmas away from the church, away from Christians, and turn it into a way of celebrating the economy and having stuff. To turn it into self-absorption, self-focus, self-isolation, and just drinking deeply from the selfishness of our hearts. It's a way of turning it into everything that Jesus is not. That darkness is still here. The darkness of rejecting Christ is alive and well in our world. When John the Revelator wrote his book to us, Revelation, he said that in the new earth and the new heaven, there won't be a sun because Jesus will be the light of the whole universe. Now, I don't know if that's literal or not. But what it tells me is that the brightness and glory of Christ is so great that we will see by it instead of a burning ball of hydrogen. That's impressive, isn't it? It means that we will all dwell in the light of Christ, in the light of his glory and his love. And for now, it looks like things are dark. And to be honest with you, it just looked like things are getting darker to me. People seem to hate each other as much as they ever did. I would never thought I would see the day where people would parachute into a rock concert and shoot teenagers. That kind of evil just dismays me. But in the midst of that darkness, can we not think back to the chaos that existed at the beginning and remember that God said, let there be light? And that all things were transformed and God said that it was very good. Can we not find the hope for that in Jesus? That Jesus will transform our current mess into something beautiful. That's who we serve. The one who was seated on the throne and said, Behold, I make all things new. So this day, as we remember that Christ is our hope, in the midst of a world that seems to be getting darker. Let us remember that we are God's kingdom present as the church of Christ. We are the church of Jesus Christ sent to bear the good news that light is coming. That Christ is coming. So during these next four weeks, we will celebrate that He is our hope, That he is our joy, that he is love, that he is peace. And my prayer is that we will spend some time thinking about Christ coming, not just for us, but for the sake of the whole creation, for the sake of this whole world, both at his birth and at his revealing as the king of kings. And that as we think about that, we will be inspired to tell this Christmas story with more zeal, with deeper love, and with deeper attention to Jesus and not our gifts. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.